0: It is Dave and Jeff. It is February 9th, 2022.
1: Well, I tell you what, Dave, I know you were running around all day today, but my phone started buzzing early in the afternoon. Roger Goodell had his annual Super Bowl press conference today. And it was funny because we think about those being in hotel ballrooms. And today he did it from the NFL Network's field, the field yep. that you and I saw over at SoFi Stadium. Really cool setting. And people were sending me a clip. And I watched it, and I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And the guy who is the backbone of that clip, obviously a very good friend of this show, and we wanted to bring him on tonight anyways, but a whole lot has changed in the last 24 hours. So great to have Jim Trotter back with us. Hey, Jim, I I tell you what I watched today, I thought was so impactful. And you can see how many people have been impacted by your question because the thing that I loved about it is you didn't just ask in general terms about the lack of diversity in the NFL. You gave hardcore numbers. You talked about the lack of diversity in coaching. You mentioned at least a dozen teams that have never had a blackhead coach. You talked about NFL media where you worked. You talked about the NFL front office and others. I just sat there and I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But I got to ask you, How many different ways did you write the question and what's the immediate reaction been and what's the reaction been in the hours since?
2: Truthfully, um, I I didn't write it a lot of different ways. Most of the thought was given to how to frame the the ultimate question to the commissioner, because as you guys know, he's very good at, at wiggling out of difficult situations and, so I really wanted to make sure that I could be as pointed and direct as I could. Um, and I felt that's why I said to him in the beginning, I think the context of this is very important because normally I don't want to ask a question that's 20 seconds long or whatever. You want to keep your questions as short as possible and then let your subject, you know, have a floor. But in this case, I felt it was imperative that I give specific numbers. Um, you know, so that there was no wiggle room. And so, you know, truthfully, the the, 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 the only um, difficulty for me, if you will, was deciding whether or not I wanted to ask him as I did, you know, why does the NFL and its owners at the highest level have, a, have difficulty hiring black people in decision-making positions, or did I- – When the league says in its statement that diversity, equity, and inclusion are core principles of the league, how do I balance that against the data over here that says something completely different? And I just believe that the question that I ask would would hopefully elicit a more um, direct response to a a really serious problem.
0: You know, it's a serious problem. It's been a serious problem in the NFL for a long time. I mean, I still remember how big of a story it was when the Raiders – hired Art Shell, and it, it was a big deal. And to be honest with you, at that point, it shouldn't have been a big deal. I mean, it felt like we were far enough along in race relations where Art Shell being hired should have happened years and years ago, especially when you look at the timeline of sports where guys like Jackie Robinson broke the Keller barrier and so many other people that have played fantastic and have coached, and you, you see it's not an issue in, in the NBA. But at, at the same time, in the NFL, where it's the number one sport, we're still talking about it today and we know racism exists. I mean, we know those old-time owners, and maybe the owners before them were even worse than this, but I think it's opened us up more just in the last few years how much you know? we realize racism is a major problem, but yet with the NFL, when Brian Flores loses his job and everyone considers him one of the best going, then the NFL has, has no answers to what goes on, and Roger Goodell ends up being a punching bag for these 32 owners.
2: Yeah, you know what was fascinating to me was when the commissioner said, that over the last four or five years, the owners and the league have spent more time talking about the diversity issue than any other topic. And I think he said that as a way of, of, of wanting folks to believe or, or to give them a pass and say they're working at this, when in reality, I heard something completely different. What I heard is that for five years, you've been spinning your wheels and you can't come up with a solution to this problem, which means... Maybe you all are the problem and maybe you need to hear some different voices. Um, I didn't take that as a positive as he, I think, wanted it to come off. So you're right. Um, the fact that we are still having this discussion, uh, the fact that there are fewer head coach, black head coaches today than there was even at the turn of the century, it's crazy. You know, it's crazy. And look, before we we get the audience members who say owners should hire the person who's best qualified, I'm with you a thousand percent on that. I agree with that. And I always say then, if you believe that, let's do blind resumes. And on one side of the board, let's take the names off the resume and let's put Eric Biennemi, Jim Caldwell, Pep Hamilton, Aaron Glenn, you know, all these folks. And on the other side, let's put the resumes without names, of Brandon uh, or, or um, Brandon Staley. Dennis Allen. Well, no, Dennis, I believe, because he's been a former head coach, he's had success with um, the Saints uh, in terms of that defense and how he was able to rebuild it. And, look, let me say this. Like, I'm fine with the Saints hiring Dennis Allen because, one, I do think he's a good coach, and, two, you know, he's, he's part of the culture and was part of the rebuild there and it's done a good job. So I'm okay with that. What I have a problem with is when you go out and you get guys, particularly white guys who because of their name or because of whose staff they're on, don't have the, 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 the qualification, excuse me, that someone who has been doing it a lot longer and you can make the case a lot better, don't get that opportunity that these guys are getting. So, Again, and I'm not trying to cast shade on anyone. All I'm asking that is that we have, you know, a fair process or a transparent process here, and we don't. And and I'll say this to you. I have a story. I don't know if it's posted yet tonight um, or if it's going to post tomorrow, but it deals with a lot of this, with Brian Flores' his lawsuit. And it sort of asks the question, it's twofold. It asks the question as. Um, are other coaches going to join in with Brian Forth in the lawsuit, and ultimately how that could determine whether or not this is simply a moment in time that grabs headlines, by or whether or not this is a movement that will produce substantive change. And then the flip side of it is, you know, I don't think we in the public truly understand the impact that this is having on the psyche of these black coaches. So I give you, for instance, you guys know Clarence Shellman. Yes former running backs coach, offensive coordinator with the Chargers. Coached some of the best running backs in the history of the game, Emmitt Smith with Daniel Tomlinson. Um, When he was the coordinator for the Chargers, he didn't call plays, but he designed the run game and he led all the offensive meetings. So they went to the playoffs three out of five years that he was coordinator. He cannot get an interview to be a head coach, and yet guys who were underneath him or guys with lesser resumes end up getting interviews for head coaching jobs and some of them get the job well Clarence gets so frustrated with it and it's taking such a toll on him psychologically that he walks away from the game and so I ask him can you explain to me and outsiders just what impact it has on a black man when he works his ass off to climb the ladder he does everything the right way he's qualified and capable to do a job and yet he can't even get an interview, but some guy, because of his name, ends up getting one. And his quote to me was, it's emasculating. He said, it's devastating. And he went on to tell me that he walked away from the game 10 years ago, and he said, this stuff still stays with him today. So at a time when the league keeps talking about the importance of mental health and such, I don't think the league fully understands what its actions are you know, what those actions are having on the mental health of these men who are being discriminated against.
1: Yeah. And, and Jim, there's so much to to cover, but I, I want to ask you regarding what we do moving forward, because the easy thing to do, and I'm sure you'll have interviews and people will say, Hey, Jim, you know, what's your idea? But, but I, I, I said, well, that's kind of lazy. Let me try to come up with an no, idea. I- Well, I was just. Byron
2: Leftwich, let me say this. Byron Leftwich had the the best response to this last year when I was talking to him about this whole process and the discrimination that's going on. And and people always say to him, well, what's the solution? And Brian Leftwich said, why do I have to come up with a solution to a problem I didn't create? (laughs) Right. And he's right. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: No, you're all good. So, Jim, I was like, well, I don't want to do that to Jim. I want to try to honestly think about this and look at something that in some way, shape or form could be adopted by the league. And you're a TV guy. Now you're a TV guy. And, and when you look at- I'm a at, writer. Hang on, you're gonna understand- I'm a what writer. I, I got okay, it, go but ahead. you're a writer who's on TV. <laughs> and when you talk to people in the TV business, when you talk to people in radio or anything, Padres just went through this when they uh, did uniforms. There's always a focus group, right? And the word you used, Jim, was transparency. And what I would like to see as a fan in the league is transparency. Let's see these interviews be taped. Let's see Eric Biennemi's interview be taped. Let's see Dennis Allen's interview be taped. Let's see Kevin O'Connell's interview be taped. Uh, The the young man, the defensive coordinator from the 49ers. And then let an independent panel look at it and say, wait a minute. What did Eric Biennemi not say that Dennis Allen did say? What did Kevin O'Connell say that um, Patrick Graham did not say in the Vikings interview. And if we can look at it respectfully and we get a cross section of people and we come together as a group and say, okay, if I was the general manager of the Giants and I'm making the call right there, either on Brian Flores or Brian Dable, I can see where they're coming from. But if you open that door, that forbidden door, Jim, and all of a sudden now it's transparent. And I'm not saying you have to broadcast it on ESPN or the NFL network, but if these were transparent and teams knew that what they were asking Eric Bieniemy and what they were asking Dennis Allen was going to be viewed, then I think maybe we get better answers. Am I crazy? I think you're crazy.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, you're, you're crazy in the sense that they'll never do it. But here's something that I would say. A suggestion I make that helps with the transparency process, or at least to prove that, that there is a process to this whole thing. And it's not just that a guy sat down in front of me and wowed me with his words. And so yeah. I'm going that route. I would argue before an owner ever does an interview, ever meets with anyone, ever talks with anyone to grab a piece of paper and write down what are the traits that he or she is looking for in a head coach. Do you want someone with head coaching experience or not? Do you want someone who's older or younger? Someone who's on offense, defense, special teams, position coach, doesn't matter. Um, someone who's hands-on or someone who's a delegator. You know, all those sorts of things. And then start your interview process. And when you get through that process then and you choose someone, then go back to that piece of paper and ask yourself, how many boxes did this candidate actually check? check off? So that I know that in making my selection, I was true to the vision that I had for what I wanted in a head coach. I think if, if owners did that, I would even feel a little more comfortable with the process. And, and I think it would be more equitable, but we can't even get that.
0: Yeah, no. See, and that right there kind of, I think Jeff was on the right track for one thing as, as far as it makes sense. But like you said, Jim, th- these are the criteria we're looking for because all it takes in a private business of one of those guys to say, Kevin O'Connell, I'm just using his name, said something different, and that's what we were looking for before they even told you what we were looking for. The deal is it's a bunch of billionaires in in a private business. Emmanuel Ocho said from Fox Sports last week, I loved his response. He said the Giants and their last five coaches have interviewed one black person each time, which means they did the minimum, which Mm -hmm. means they never wanted to do it anyway and saying when anyone is forced to do the minimum, it means they never had any plans to go further than that. They just did to cover their asses all five times, and you go, there's a major problem with the New York Giants.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Look, John Mara is on the diversity committee. (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) And And yet, he's one of the 13 franchises that has never had a black head coach. So you can only, for so long, in my book, say that a minority candidate was an outstanding interview, did a phenomenal job, whatever you know platitudes you want to you you want to use, and yet not hire him and not have me look at you sideways. I'm sorry, that's just how I feel. If these candidates, minority candidates, uh, black candidates, that he had said, whether it was Lewis Riddick or whether it was um, 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 Brian Flores whoever, if you're going out after the fact and saying that they were exceptional or they were excellent or whatever, and you don't hire them, I really need to try and understand then what it was you were looking for. Okay? That's just me.
1: Hypothetical, you may not know the answer. If Brian Flores doesn't sue the league, is Lovey Smith the head coach of the Texans tonight or is it no. Josh McCown?
2: No, no, it's Josh McCown. It was,
1: right? Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. You know, I I tell you, I I hated the Levy-Smith hire for this reason. It's a job you set up to fail. There's not a team in the NFL in worse shape than the Texans as far as the roster, lack of a quarterback, the lack of having a chance to compete in that division anytime soon. Levy-Smith is going to be another example for the racists of why you don't hire a black guy. Yeah, it's just, just, you guys
2: know this, it all stinks. You know, it just stinks. And I'm tired every year. And I have no reason to be tired because I'm not in the fight. But I'm tired for these coaches from when I talk to them and I hear this sense of helplessness and hopelessness in their voice as it relates to this. that Nothing that they do will be good enough. I'm tired. Every year we hear the same stuff. Well, we got to look at our policies. We got to come up with strategies. We're trying to make it more inclusive. Yada, 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 yada. Well, damn it. Just hire someone. And the reason I phrased my question the way I did is that let's take it off of the owners for a minute, because obviously they're responsible for the hiring with these teams. But look at the league office, where the commissioner has complete authority. Uh, the top eleven executives, two people of color. Yeah. Where I work, where I work at the media group, where we cover a league whose player population ranges from 70 to 80% black. We don't have one black person at the senior level in the newsroom who is involved in the decision-making process of how these men are covered. That's insane. That's not on the owners. That's on the legal office. So I'm saying um, there's culpability all around, and and that's why I said it to Roger. These things fall under your purview. So to me, it's not... it's hard for me to accept you to say that you haven't done good enough. Do it. You know, there's nothing stopping you from, from hiring a black person to be in some of these positions. Nothing. And don't say that, that you're having trouble recruiting people in your own building right now who are capable. Are you promoting
1: them? No. Jim, the story, the Brian Flores story to me was fascinating but a part of that to me, and maybe it's just that I'm working 40 hours a week and kids and everything else, and maybe I'm missing it. But the fact that Brian Flores said in his lawsuit that he was offered $100,000 a game to lose Amazing. from Stephen Ross and Hugh Jackson came out and said that happened to him as well, how that is not front and center every night and maybe, again, Respectfully, maybe they are covering it. I don't know what was said today, but that is everything, right? I mean, I, I get it, I'm not that naive, but when you have a coach saying an owner's offering me a hundred grand to tank, to take a dive, where does that put per game yeah, per, per game. game?
2: Per game.
1: Where does that stand tonight? If anywhere.
2: Um, the commissioner said they're gonna investigate it. The commissioner said that um, uh, tanking are, are, and, and, and intentionally losing games um, for money is not acceptable, will not be tolerated, yada, yada, yada. Now, my question is, so you do your investigation, will it be transparent? Because yeah. what we've seen of late is, like the Washington football team investigation, all of a sudden these independent investigations are not being made public. So how much how much faith should we have that what we are being told is actually what took place? I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out because I firmly believe that Brian Flores doesn't make those comments without um, receipts. And Cam Wolf, one of our reporters, has already said he has talked to a witness who claims he heard Steven Rock say this. And I've been told by another Dolphin coach that this was known among the coaches um, sometime before Brian Flores filed his lawsuit. Wow. So I'm fascinated to see how this is going to play out.
0: you got to remove him as owner. I mean, it's the only solution. I mean, it's it's bad for all professional sports.
2: You would have to. hell, they haven't removed Dan Snyder as owner.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. and and you have another guy who's in the Super Bowl, being accused of the same thing in Mike Brown, right?
2: Was Mike Brown accused of that?
1: Yeah, Hugh Jackson came out and said that it happened with him. In uh... no, no, that's, that's Oh, awesome. that was in Cleveland. Haslam. My apologies, in yeah. Mike Brown, that would have been yeah. uh, Jimmy Haslam. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean,
2: all of these things need to be investigated, and if truth, if any of them are found to be true, um. Then action needs to be taken. Now I have to say this: there is a difference between tanking and tanking for money. Correct. Um, we know that some teams intentionally will not play their best players late in the season to improve their draft status if they're they're having a terrible season. But it's another thing to say that we will I will pay you to intentionally lose games, especially with and I think it was reported. Um, I'm not sure of this but I believe it was reported back in, what, 2019 or something that Steven Ross was part of one of these gambling sites. <laughs> um, a partner in one of them or involved in some way, and maybe that's not true now, but I, I believe there was a story then. If that is true, imagine what that does to the integrity of the game and the integrity of the Shield. If you have an owner who is somehow a partner in a gambling site who is being accused of offering a broad to his coach to lose games,
1: Man, that, Jim, I tell you, having spent a lot of time at the racetrack and seeing a lot of shady things, I'm telling you, man, this is a slippery slope this league is on when you've got Drew Brees and Ben Affleck and J.B. Smoove and Halle Berry, and everybody's right there, and we got the Mannings, the entire Manning family, and everybody's having fun Benton Caesars, and, boy, you got guys talking about the overs, the unders, Prop bets. Woo-hoo. Well,
0: it's going to be an all-time record for gambling on the Super Bowl. I the, got the, it, this Dave. This but year. the
1: way the leagues, you know, arm in arm with these guys, man. But it, you
0: know what? Major League Baseball, though, is doing the same thing. They they yeah. have these contracts with the Ballys. I mean, it's, it's the way it's going. Jim, I, I got to ask you this one because I find it very interesting that it happens to to come together at the same time that all this talk is, is coming up with uh, inequality. Byron Allen has emerged as a, a big front-runner to become the new owner of the Denver Broncos. What are the chances the NFL takes him seriously?
2: Remember this. Um, it's not, when you say the NFL, it's about the owners as well. It's not, it's not just Roger Goodell. No, no, I was because thinking the owners, owners
0: not- altogether. I look at Roger Goodell yeah. just as a partner with owners.
2: Yeah, and, and here's what I'm curious about. They're not just going to bring someone in because they're black, I believe. And why do I say that? Based on the, the the data that I gave today. I think they are going to look for a black owner whose views fall in line with their views. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And so I don't know anything about Byron Allen in terms of what his views are or any of that. But... I don't think it's just going to be among them. Hey, we got to get a black owner to get some heat off of us. It's going to be, Hey, we want to get a black owner whose views fall in line with ours and therefore he's not, or she's not sort of, um, and that's going to be the fascinating part to me.
1: Byron Allen's an incredible story Started started on real people. Did these random talk shows that you see and you'd be like, oh my gosh, here's Byron Allen. And then you realize he is an unbelievable success yeah. story and would be great. Uh, Jim, I know you got limited time. So I, I want to ask you this. Something that means a lot to us around here is Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle is an incredible story. Dave and I had a lot of fun getting him on the show last week, talking about his uh, now four weeks of magic carpet ride that he's been on and uh you've got an article coming out i believe it's tomorrow on nfl.com for a guy that covered him and and knows him very very well what have you taken away from the weddell story that's going to leave the biggest impression
2: you know actually i didn't cover him
1: really Um, i thought you he was big
0: time by then
2: no i I thought you i thought uh, you guys crossed paths No, well, I was still at the UT, but um, I was doing the the league at large. I stopped covering the team in 2004. Oh, right at that time? 2004 season. Yeah. Yeah. So I I never got to cover Eric, unfortunately, because everything I've learned about him and know about him is that, you know, he was a phenomenal teammate and he was a joy to to deal with from a media standpoint. Um, The story I wrote on him is more about. You know, just the surreal nature of what's taking place. You know, for instance, his agent, David Kanner, was telling me that last Wednesday, I believe it was, they got their uniforms for the Super Bowl. And Eric puts it on and goes to the bathroom mirror at the facility and he takes a selfie. And it's kind of like you can see sort of the half smirk on his face that, you know, that yeah. I think it's when I figured it out, it's. 742 days between um, his last game with the Rams and then re-signing with the Rams, that all of a sudden he would be in the Super Bowl, you know, the place he had always wanted to get to and never could. And what's fascinating to me about this story is his previous season with the Rams, that last one, David Cantor, his agent, and, and Eric, they called it the final ride. And so he had, remember, he had been released by Baltimore He was ready to call it a career after 12 seasons. The Rams come calling. His family's nearby. So he says, okay, I'm going to try, you know, one more year. And people forget that he lived alone that season because he didn't want to disrupt, you know, his kids in school. And so it was a very lonely existence for the chance to compete or chase a championship. And they, they obviously didn't make the playoffs that year. You know, the previous year, the Rams had gone to the Super Bowl. So there was this sort of disappointment, but there was also this contentment that, you know what, I gave it everything I had, I got 13 years, I'm healthy, I have a great family, move on. And then he gets the call from Raheem Morris after the, the Rams have those injuries in the secondary. So that's the that real nature of this whole thing. And then obviously, you know, talking about him off the field, um, Jeff, the story that you told, which is featured in the story, in, in my story, um, speaks to the man that he is. So. Uh, you know, when I saw him on the field after they won the NFC Championship game, and he just—he just, he just kind of like, 15 years. It's like it took 15 years to get to this point, and you know, he'd hug anybody who was in reach. So, I'm just happy for the guy. I don't know him that well. Obviously, I don't know him like you guys do. I don't have that relationship. But you know, there are good dudes in this league, and he's one of them. and, and I wish the best for him.
1: Yeah, I'll leave you with this. I think the thing that I take away from it is those of us, we covered him, And, yeah, I felt like that was at that same time. But, Jim, he was a guy he, – he reminds me of another guy that played safety on that team that I'm a huge fan of, maybe the coolest guy I ever covered, and that's Rodney Harrison. Because the thing that I loved cool. about Rodney Harrison is whenever we needed him, and especially during those bad years – and, Jim, you were out there for those – Rodney, Ooh, was, Rodney yeah. was always there. Rodney was always there, always faced it, always took it, good days, bad days. No cliche answers, right? He answered it straight, shot straight, and I always dug that about Weddle too. But the thing that I'm happy, probably the most happy about for him, is when he played for the Rams, I went to a game, and my buddies were season ticket holders, and they knew him from the Chargers, but he wasn't really part of the story, right? The story would have been Golf at that time, I think Todd Gurley, was still here and Aaron Donald. And now all of a sudden he comes back and those same buddies of mine, season ticket holders, while incredibly excited about Cooper cup and Stafford and, and Ramsey and Donald, they can't talk enough about how excited they are about the Weddell story and that angle. And, and now he's, he's, it's not that he wasn't part of the family before, but we know it, Jim, we see it. There's so much turnover in the league. you, You get used to a guy and then he's gone. And now, all of a sudden, his ride is being embraced by the entire Rams world. And I find that incredibly exciting for him.
2: You know, what it is, Jeff, I think that um, it's very hard to pull the wool over the eyes of players. You know, they know who's authentic and who isn't. And that relates not only to coaches, but to teammates. Eric Weddle is an authentic guy. He is who he is. You know what you're going to be, what you're going to get from him, and you know he's going to be in your corner, and that he's going to do the right things on the field and off. And so, it's hard not to to relate to that and to embrace that. And it's one of the reasons I think he and he and Jalen Ramsey stayed in contact even after he left. You know, after that last season in 2019, um, you just you yeah. want it in a in a in a in a in a profession or or a league where. There is so much bullshit yeah. and there are so many people coming at you with um, ulterior motives to, ha- to be surrounded or be around someone who is simply authentic and wants nothing but the best for you. Um, why wouldn't you feel good about that guy? Why wouldn't you want the best for him? And, and I think that's what we're seeing with Eric.
0: Yeah, it's exciting as hell. I mean, we're, we're, we're pumped up, obviously, here. Jim, uh, we really do appreciate the time, but i got to ask you, what are we going to see on Sunday?
2: Um, I'm going to give you my professional answer. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can sit here, and I can make an argument for you for each team to win and, and be convincing and, and convicted in what I say. And the reality is, as they always say, football has a strange shape that takes, and the ball takes some strange bounces at times. I really believe it's going to be, come down and be as simple as the old cliches: ball security and third down and, and red zone in terms of can you get touchdowns instead of field goals. And I think the team that, that, that wins all of those or the majority of those will win the game. I tell you How's
1: what, that I, I love it. It makes it insanely fun because last year you looked at it and you go, "Well, it's Brady, it's Mahomes, it's the same thing," but now it's just it's exciting. And for us, I've known Kevin O'Connell since he was 16 years old. He played high school quarterback for a buddy of mine. We've known him the entire time. The Weddle story, but I've got another buddy who who wanted Cheech's best friends grew up in Miamisburg, Ohio, and has been dying laughing that they had not won a playoff game since '92. So. There's people that that got a lot in this game. It's going to be insanely exciting. Jim, I'll leave you with this. In in this business, the one thing you always try to do, right? Try to find a way to make an impact. I sat there and I watched that today and I go, that is one of the most well-crafted questions that I can remember in doing this for 25 years. It was exciting for that, but for somebody that means so much to us, your, your brother to us, uh, to have your name attached to it just was insanely exciting. Incredibly proud of you. Uh wonderful job today. I know it's a hectic time for you guys up there, so thanks for taking a few minutes, buddy. we we'll always enjoy it.
2: No, I appreciate it, man. Love you guys. Love you too, Love man. you too, and I, pre- yeah, hey,
1: and, and I appreciate you sharing the story about Dakota and, and what Eric did. Oh, we'll look yeah. forward to that tomorrow.
2: All right, buddy. Thank All right. You see you soon, Jim. Thank you. Me. Okay.
1: Take care, Jim. Incredible, man. I, I tell you, I appreciate him doing that uh because I knew he was busy today. Yeah. And he and I had been talking for a couple of days um about the Weddle story and making sure I'll share a funny kind of behind the curtain. Yeah. Um so Jim reached out said, hey, I'm gonna write a story on Eric Weddle uh for Super Bowl week. Do you have the two stories? So I told you earlier in the week I shared the River story about the interception and then the story what Eric did for Dakota. And so he goes, okay, so then we sent him the link so Jim could hear Eric on the podcast. I think some things from there, will. I haven't seen the article, it'll come out on uh, Thursday or Friday. And then uh, last night, Tuesday, it's like 10.30, hey, how old were you moved here? I said, I was 13, I moved here at 81. Cheech was 13 at that time. All right, and then he writes to me, hey, I had to edit part of the story to fit the AP mold. I go, I don't even know what the hell that means. Just write whatever you got. We don't care. But I said to Dave driving down, what if I was like, oh, bullshit. Every word, Trotter. Every word. But uh, Dave, I'm just telling you, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to find this thing. Yeah. Because you have not had a chance to see it, have you?
0: No, I, I caught it after I talked did to you. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. As funny as I, I called my, my, after I talked to you for a brief second, I called my son, Josh, I was running around all day. And he was like, dude, that was fantastic. And then I looked it up right before you walked in. So Jim did a, Jim did of course an outstanding job. What else would you expect? He's been great. For
3: the owners, but also for you. And since they're not here, I'll ask you, as I always say, um, in your initial statement, the league's initial statement, it said that diversity, equity, and inclusion were core principles of the NFL. And I need to provide some some context before I can ask you about that statement. In the 100-plus year history of this league, 24 of the 32 franchises have either had one black head coach or no black, excuse me, no black head coaches. And to make sure I get the names right, I'll read them off here. We've got the Bills, the Commanders, the Cowboys, the Falcons, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Panthers, the Patriots, The Rams, the Ravens, the Saints, the Seahawks, the Titans, who have never had a black head coach. That's nearly half the league. We look at the fact that there's never been a majority black owner. There's only been one black club president. We look at the GMs, now we're up to seven. Five of those were hired in the last 12 months. We're now at three black head coaches, two of whom were hired after Brian Flores uh, filed his lawsuit. So it's easy to focus on the owners here, but I want to put this to to you here. When we look at the league office of the top 11 executives there, there are only two people of color. When we look at NFL media group where I work, there is not one black person at the senior level in the newsroom um, who makes decisions about a league whose player population is 70% black. So as a member of the media group and as a black man, I ask, why does the NFL and its owners have such a difficult time at the highest levels hiring black people into
4: decision making positions? Holy fuck. Yeah, Jim, listen, um, we've, we look at the same numbers, and, and uh, they're, they're really part of the effort that, again, looking at how do we become more effective in our policies and procedures. Um, we work really hard. We believe in diversity. We believe in it as a value. We believe it's made it stronger. Uh, people have come into the league who are diverse have been very successful and made us better, uh, and we just have to do a better job. Uh, we have to look, is there another thing that we can do to make sure we're attracting that best talent here and making our league in- inclusive? Um, if I had the answer right now, I would give it to you. I would have implemented it. Uh, I think what we have to do is just continue and find and look and step back and say we're not doing a good enough job here. We need to find better solutions and better outcomes. And so let's make it, let's find more effective policies. Let's make sure everyone understands. Let's make sure that uh, we're looking at diversity and actually incentivizing that for everybody in our building, including with compensation. Let's make sure that when we're dealing with vendors outside the building, we're hiring diverse vendors and bringing them in and giving them an opportunity to succeed just like we do with white vendors or people of color. Well, how can they come in and contribute to the NFL? So I think it's it's not a single answer, Jim. Uh, the single responsibility comes on all of us in the NFL, and we have to be the ones that make that change. And we are the ones that have to make sure we bring diversity deeper into our NFL and make the NFL an exclusive an inclusive um, and diverse organization that allows everyone the opportunity to be successful.
1: Well, what he said there, Dave, and if you didn't hear it, then that's on you. You said, "Hey, I don't know what we do for head coaches, but the guys selling T-shirts, pretzels, your Mountain Dew, we're getting <laughs> goddamn diversity in this league." <laughs> the vendors, Dave, fuck are you thinking? That's where it starts. You know what? I tell the you, vendors.
0: I tell you what. Here's the here's the difference of Roger Goodell. I know nobody likes Roger Goodell. I'm not a Roger Goodell hater at all. Okay, he, he, guy makes fifty million dollars. He, he's a commissioner in the most profitable sport in the United States. He's a front man for thirty two billionaires. And well, not exactly. How about thirty billionaires? Not kind of Mark Davis and Dean Spanos. Yeah. But he, he's a front man, and he takes a beating, and he gets paid a lot of money to do this stuff and work TV contracts. Look, the NFL owners have dropped the ball. Roger Goodell's not the one that controls anything the NFL owners really do. They control him. He's yeah. the puppet. The deal is, though, he took that question that Jim asked, which was outstanding, just like you said. And let me tell you, when you're in that room, because Jeff and I have been in those rooms, it is crazy to see how many people and i don't know what it was like because of i heard i heard it i didn't i didn't see how it was but it's you're surrounded by like two thousand reporters from across the yeah. country and they're staring at you like dude hurry up and ask your question because i got one and jim was so calm and and and, and so uh, um i guess perfect perfect in is is the word the numbers and asking the question was, was insane i mean it, it was fantastic what i will give roger goodell credit for this jim's not going to get fired from an FL network tomorrow and you know what happened when the same kind of thing, not even this bad happened in Major League Baseball? Oh, yeah. Fired. Yeah, Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred. Or uh,
1: uh, but, Ken but, Rosenthal.
0: Yeah, but Rob Manfred had Ken Rosenthal fired. Yeah, get out. And that's what's ridiculous. And so good for Jim. And Roger answered the question. NFL Network's not calling Jim in tomorrow. And going, we got to talk because we got a call from New York. Yeah. They're pissed. You embarrassed the commissioner. Look, th- there's a major problem. We know it. Art Shell got hired in 1989, okay, by the Raiders. Pretty wild, 30, the Raiders. Yeah. Well, it really, you shouldn't. The Raiders also hired Tom Flores.
1: Well, yeah. No, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Hugh Jackson. Yes. I mean, isn't it ironic yeah. that the team that seemed to butt yeah. heads with the league the most is actually the team leading exactly. the way?
0: Exactly right. And you go, well, that was 33 years ago. We had a Super Bowl with two black coaches. Do people forget? Yeah. We had the Colts and the Bears. And, and and you sit there and you go.
1: Jim Caldwell can't get a call. No. What happened with Biennium? Bien he did an interview with the Raiders. Yeah biennemi didn't interview with the vikes i mean it, those are my teams biennemi had a history with the vikes
0: yes so i mean th- there's always been a major problem and people want to put their head in the sand i had one guy push back on me who said we well, name the last uh black coach that made the playoffs that got fired and you know th- i understand there's not an argument back look the Rooney rule is a fucking joke we all know it yeah mike tomlin in my opinion outside of bill belichick's the best coach in the nfl never had a losing season never Mike Tomlin's done a fantastic job. Mike that's,
1: Tomlin wasn't supposed to get that job. No, that's job. My It was going to be Russ Grimm.
0: That's where the Rooney Rule worked. One time. Yeah. It yeah. fucking worked. Yeah. But when you have the Giants and the Mara family who do the minimum, the How last five coaches, it's a fucking joke. It's embarrassing. Yeah.
1: Joe Judge.
0: I mean, the NFL offices are in New York. Yeah. The goddamn New York Jets and the Giants have the worst record in the NFL over the last, like, nine seasons. How many... Re- Worse than the Lions.
1: How many recent Giant coaches can you name... Because they're out of the, they're just out of football. Yes. Like before Joe Gone. Judge, do you remember the guy?
0: No, I don't.
1: Like
0: I, yeah. I, I, I don't. And if I say it, you go, oh yeah, fuck, did I did not know that. You know why you shouldn't know that name? Because he didn't do jack shit. That's why. Yeah, he shouldn't know any anything about these Giants coaches. But it's 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 a major problem. You don't see it getting solved anytime soon. When the story about Byron Allen came out today, number one, I'm like Byron Allen from Real People worth half a billion dollars, dude. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Go to Wikipedia, look it up. It's it's awesome. No, I know. It's I mean, I'm, I'm talking to to the to the audience, but it is it's insane. How but he understands is.
1: entertainment, he understands yes. television. He's a young guy. I don't even think he's sixty years old. Is he?
0: No, um, maybe just, right over sixty. Yeah, right over sixty. I just looked it up. Okay, let me ask you this question. Magic Johnson has always said. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be an NFL owner more than anything else. Magic is a part owner of the Dodgers. It's small, but he's part owner of the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Um, Used to be part owner of the Lakers. Magic has over a billion dollars and a shitload of friends. Would Magic be a guy that you think the NFL would say he'd be good for our sport?
1: I think Magic, well, I mean, no, I don't think they would. Too big of a personality? Yeah. Yeah, I think some of, I don't know, Dave. I mean, look. When you look at what Magic has done in Los Angeles and given back, and a lot of things that probably don't get a lot of hype, yeah. The Magic would be great for the NFL. Magic would be great for (laughs) Major League Baseball. I don't know what happened with the Lakers. Very weird, right? Yep. That whole thing. And I don't know if that was Magic and and Jim Buss or Palinka. I guess it was Rob Palinka. I don't know. But. Look, man, a guy who, who performed at the highest level, understands sports at the highest level, understands business at the highest level, why wouldn't you say, Magic, please, come be part of what we're doing? You'd be a wonderful guy to bring in. But I, I think there would be plenty of guys in that old boy network that runs the NFL that would be threatened by Magic's I uh, imagine they would. In.
0: Absolutely, I imagine yeah.
1: they would. I mean,
0: you'd say, well, have you ever owned a team? I have. And guess yeah. what? We're successful. We finish in first place every year, except for this past season where, where yeah. we finished right behind the Giants and then made it to the national League championship game. By the way, here you go. Here's here's your guys where the Giants couldn't interview one black, more than one black guy. Yeah. Okay. We all know about Brian Dable from the, the offensive coordinators now of the Bills is now the new head coach. Yep. Joe Judge, Pat Shermer,
5: Pat Shermer,
0: Steve Spagnuolo. Oh my gosh. Ben McAdoo.
1: Ben McAdoo was the guy. Yeah. And then who's before McAdoo? It was Tom Coughlin. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay. So
0: it's hard to argue with
1: Coughlin because no, but, but but the then same they time, went to Ben McAdoo. Yeah. Terrible. Steve Spagnuolo. number Yeah.
0: And they did the minimum when it came down to interviewing uh, possible candidates for black as blackhead coaches.
1: It was always so it's funny because Pat Shermer was the offensive coordinator for the Vikes, had done a good job when they had a pretty good run. Um I think he was the offensive coordinator during the maybe the Brett Favre game. Right around then, yeah. Right, Right. Um, I feel like that's around the time Joe Judge was the special teams coordinator, right for New England. I think, I th- yeah, that, I think so. I think that's how he got in.
0: Oh, man. It's it's, cra- it's crazy. It's crazy. All right, so there's a big game on on Sunday. What it feels like you and I have more of an interest in this than any game that we've we've, as far as you and I know in each other, because. We personally know someone who's starting in the game. Yeah. super excited about it. And and it was a week ago tonight that we talked to Eric Weddle, and I'm still on cloud nine over it. As I said to a bunch of people, there aren't too many things we do on the show where I'm like, I'm proud of that.
6: Yeah, (laughs) there's not
0: a lot. There's not a lot, right? Oh, I got a new one for us. Tonight, though, we're going to be proud of. Oh, good. But literally, I was extremely proud that Weddle got to share his story on our show. And uh, I thought it was a story that you aren't going to catch anywhere else. And I was very proud of that and proud of the fact that, it was picked up by various networks and all that. That had nothing to do with the, the national stuff. The fact that Weddle was so real on the show when, hey, I'm getting ready for the Super Bowl. I'm not feeling good. I have 10 minutes. And then he said, I'll talk as long as you want. He spent that much time yeah. with us. So it was awesome. Go ahead. What's the thing we're going to be proud of before I ask you? Uh,
1: well, no. Cover this and then because this okay. is much more lighthearted. But we've been called into action. And we okay. often as we are as civic leaders, uh, people look to us for help. Who else would you look to for help? Right? Ben Higgins? sure uh uh so yeah we've got a very very desperate situation in san diego and you and i need to address it
0: okay we'll get to that in a little bit just want to point out a couple things about this game okay okay rams are favored in this game how How? what would you put the point spread out
1: uh see that's funny i thought i heard cincinnati was favored
0: no they're not
1: all right i'll say rams are favored by four
0: it's four right now it moves around four four is the number is it? Yep. Okay. First time both head coaches are under the age of 40.
1: I like that. That's kind of crazy, buddies, right? right?
0: It's, yeah. yeah. Well, unfortunately, as as Sean McVay says, man, I learned a lot from that Super Bowl against New England and what I would do different. Well, guess what? The coach of the Bengals was on that staff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get rid of
0: that he kinda, guy. He kind of knows, too, what the hell to do and what not to do. Second time in Super Bowl history where two number one overall quarterbacks are matching up. Oh, like Only that? Only happened twice. I mean, now the second time. Can you name the other one?
1: Uh, It was recent. Two, tell me. The
0: two number one overall uh, draft picks. Oh. Quarterbacks matched up against each other.
1: Uh, I got to think. Was Peyton Manning one of them? Yes. Uh, Peyton Manning and uh, Cam Newton.
0: Exactly right. Look at me go. You're right. Yeah. What do I win? You get nothing. Uh, Did I qualify
1: for the opportunity (laughs) to be in the drawing for a chance to go to Palma Casino? (laughs)
0: If you can go see Donny Osmond, qualify.
1: Yeah, see Dead Again, the best tribute band ever. I can go see Glass Tiger. I, but I only qualify, right? I didn't win no, shit. No, a yeah, fucking great pick.
0: <laughs> so here we go. I think that's why we. Are, I'm not getting return phone calls, by the way. So here we go. Both okay. quarterbacks are from the SEC: Georgia and LSU. All right, I and like both that. quarterbacks wear the same number. But Joe Burrow, if he wins, will be the first player in history. How about this to win? a national championship, a Heisman Trophy, and a Super Bowl.
1: Okay. I think there's somebody else, no. though, that did this.
0: No. And the number one overall pick. No. Never happened.
1: Oh, okay. It's it's like the Grand Slam, right? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's Joe Burrow. I swear I heard Mason yeah. Ireland do this, and I thought they threw somebody else out there.
0: Yeah, no, there's no one else out there. He's yeah. the only guy. How about this shit? Yeah, so that's that's it's kind of a crazy deal. Joe
1: Namath was it?
0: Didn't win a Heisman Trophy.
1: Fuck, I thought Joe won it. No. All right. Well, Joe got fucked.
0: Yeah, Joe Joe got fucked a lot.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Woo! Here all week.
0: <laughs> fuck. Joe might be the
1: most overrated football
0: player you ever. Shut your Look mouth. at the stats. Joe and Terry Bradshaw's numbers, like, whoa, whoa. Dude, what the fuck? I
1: got to ask you a Terry Bradshaw question. Yeah, go you got ahead. any more Super Bowl shit?
0: No, I just thought that was kind of fascinating the different things that are that are, uh, are going on. Uh, I, Joe Burrow cracks me up how everybody's in love with. Fuck, I love Joe Burrow. And he well, played at LSU and he's going against the team I want to win, but I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan.
1: Well, I am too because about a year ago, we talked about this all the time, working at Upper Deck. Uh, Four times a year, we get employee-only cards. They're only made for the people that are the staff uh, there. And so about a year ago, maybe 15 months ago, it was right during COVID, we received a FedEx package, and we had three hard-signed cards in there. Trading card guys will dig this. One was signed by Wander Franco. Okay, That was one of the employee exclusives. The other one was signed by Jason Dominguez. The Yankees prospect, young prospect. And the third one was hard signed by Joe Burrow. Oh, wow. So I have a Joe Burrow signed, very limited. I mean, 100, and, I don't think there's 200 of them, rookie cards. If Joe wins it, that might be a $3,000 card. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I want Weddle to win this, yeah. and I'll hang on to Joe's card, and then Joe can win one in the future. Our Serena Williams card just sold for about three grand. Wow. So, hey, I, I do want to throw this out real quick while I have the chance. I understand the call center, AT&T's call center in San Diego just got blown out, and hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, lost their job. I'm actually looking for a couple of people on my team. I love Corey Stewart because 97.3 was hyping the other day that they're hiring a pre- and post-game guy, and a lot of people were really nice to throw out Ernie Martinez's name. I will tell you, it's the easiest Free agent signing we've ever had. Yeah, we cherry picked him, and Ernie's with us, and we're thrilled. And so you send back off? No, I'm just telling you, the kid's thrilled being in a place where they actually treat him with respect. Not that they wouldn't at 97 three. I don't. I Adam's a good dude, and can Ernie moonlight? No. <laughs> Ernie's. uh
0: Ernie's. Have you ever heard of that phrase outside yeah, of the TV show no. Alice? <laughs> that was Alice. That was always the threat.
1: But, you moonlight, you can't be a waitress. Uh, really? I see Ernie every day, and he is grinning from ear to ear. Always. He and I got, up that way. No, but I'm telling you, Dave, after they treated him, he said it here on the show. Yeah. They treated him like shit. Dude, I listened a Half Hour today. Darren's always done really good shows at Radio Row, and I saw a picture of him, Marty, and John Sally about noon today on social media, and they were at Radio Row. And I was like it, because Marty's got a good Rolodex, and they've done these shows for a long time. And I was like, oh, shit, man. Okay, because Coach was talking <clears throat> fucking uh, San Diego State and Portland State. I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> he had nothing going. So I go, let me, let me tune into Darren. I went to a late lunch at 2 o'clock, and I get in, and I'm, I haven't, honestly, I haven't heard the show in weeks. But I think today was you know, first time I've heard it. I'm like, oh, this would be great. Dave, they fucked off from 2 o'clock to 2.25. It was fucking horrible. Horrible. He should be embarrassed. Marty should be embarrassed. Fletch should be embarrassed. It was fucking horrendous. Is Fletch I, on that show? Yeah.
0: He is? He's on Darren's
1: show? Yeah. I thought he was on Hartman's show. He's there too. Oh, boy. And God, we heard about what they were going to do. And I just, I listened, because I'm like, at some point, they're going to get to something that happened. Like, maybe Jim fucking Trotter, just what we just talked about. I just was, I was fucking embarrassed for all three of them. I'm like, that is the worst they've ever done. And God, they thought they were just funny as shit. Fucking pathetic. Like, and uh, fuck it. I could give less of a fuck if any one of those three are upset by that. You suck today. I fucking tuned in at two, and it was fucking horrible. And you should be embarrassed how bad you were. Really? And if they if we went into those, and Dave, if we would have done that show today, we would have had that fuckhead Brian Long, <laughs> biggest dipshit in San Diego. Hey, what the hell is this? But he's terrified of Darren and Marty because he's a big bitch. There's no way he'd fucking listen to 20 minutes of that. Awful. What? <laughs> okay <laughs> so wait wait what what's the call to action who needs us
0: oh all right well don't are you gonna fucking shy I away i didn't hear no i didn't hear it I've, I've talked to darren about this darren at times will accuse Often. me of being a hater i and am I, today
1: your show sucked he, i said be no. better
0: i go. i go Dude, we're friends i go i've said it on though everything i've said here i've repeated to him i so fucking he sick
1: and worried about guys feelings in this fucking town if you can't listen Cause somebody who likes you and likes your show say, dude, you're better than what you're doing right there. Then that's on you. It's not on me. I want you to be great.
0: I basically have said that to him. I go, your name's on the show and I go, there's a lot, you waste a lot of time. Just get to it because you have yeah. something to say. Yeah. And look, it is hard to do. I understand. It's hard to do sports radio in this town. If you want to call it sports radio, I mean, there's one fucking team. It's the Padres. Yeah. Everything else is minor league. Nothing else counts. San Diego State, look, I'm, we say this all the time. I'm, an alum, I'm not an Aztec hater. People go nuts when I say something negative about the Aztecs. The Aztecs play in a minor conference against minor teams. Nobody nationwide gives a shit about the Aztecs. No. It doesn't move the needle in San Diego. It doesn't do jack shit. You know what moves the needle? Research shows, no joke. Padre baseball yeah. and personal stories. Yeah. That's what works. I like those. That's what works.
1: But today when you're at Radio Row, there's oh, a whole got, fucking yeah. lot going on in yeah. the NFL. They
0: didn't send you up there to, to fucking do nothing.
1: Talk about Pat McAfee wearing tank tops. That, that's what I heard today. That's <laughs> fucking brilliant. As McAfee just signed a huge deal. Let's talk about Pat. All right. Enough of that. Dave, we have a call to action that we need. Okay. okay? And I've already told the person that they can rest easy tonight. Because you and I are on the... You already volunteered, man. I don't even know what the fuck's going on. Yesterday, our friend Erica yeah, put out a poll question. Okay. The poll question was simple, because Monday's Valentine's Day. Will you be my Valentine? She had four selections. No, 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 or no. <laughs> so I voted no. And the no that I voted got 44%, so I won. Great. 84 people, 83 others, and me all told Erica no what are the comments <laughs> I didn't even look at the comments you gotta look at the comments oh uh, there's eight comments yes uh, sounds to me like I don't have a choice um, uh,
0: no one's saying I'll throw you one no one's saying I'm a good guy no, None Kevin
1: Wright's absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> they just kicked her
0: while she was down and she didn't have far to go <laughs> yeah she got a short little thing she became, by the way, a Patreon subscriber yesterday. Is that right? Yeah. That's all the good. Now you hear firsthand when we trash you. She goes, lucky me.
1: Uh, well, that's nice. Um, I don't know. All these fucking people kissing her ass. Yeah, I know.
0: That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah, I, well, just,
1: I just wrote no, 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 no. Because that's what they wrote. Hey, you asked the question, we answered it. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) so then six hours ago, she wrote, uh, wow, 84 people voted no, which is 84 more than I expected. DMs are open if you want to go on a Valentine's picnic. Wow. Now, what do you figure? She wants in that uh, Lunchables? I don't know. She doesn't eat a lot. Kind of a little shrimp. She is. So I think we should help. I told her, David, I'll take care of this right now. We put the Cupid arrow right there. And she's not happy about it. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. I think we should help her get a Valentine.
0: Well, she's not exactly willing when she gives four no possibilities.
1: Sweaty a lot.
0: Does she like to? <laughs> she posts a lot of sweaty pictures. You're right. Might have. She does a lot of. She's doing definitely a poor me move. You know what I mean? She- she's a cute girl. Seems extremely nice. Has a good sense of humor. She, she can hit a wiffle ball. She, she's not
1: pitiful. No, but she's always posting that one expression. It looks like my ninth grade English teacher, Tanya O'Donnell at San Diego. How do you know your fucking ninth grade English teacher's first name? I knew her because Tanya <laughs> always had that look on her face where she would be like, Jeff, is your paper done? It was due on Tuesday and now it's Wednesday. No, but it should be done on It'll probably be done by Friday, and then it would be that same goddamn look that you see in every picture from Erica, and then you'd be like, eh, I don't know, maybe it'll we'll be done on Thursday, and that would be it. And then that fucking teacher would just sit there and stare at me with that dumb blank look, like, "Hey, Tanya, shake your head, your eyes are stuck," <laughs> and this is what I get. Like, oh, that's funny. Is your paper done? Nah, no. My report card done? Yes. All right. Fuck it. So I'd like to nominate a few people that I think. Would be good matches for? Yeah. Now, okay. most of them are 60 and creepers yeah. chasing around. Yeah. Yeah. You guys can all fucking calm down. I want to see you on that goddamn email I get uh, from uh, LifeLock talking about new perv in the neighborhood. Watch out. Uh, who are some people that we could not? I, I got a perfect
0: Go one. Ahead. I can't think
1: of anybody. <laughs> What about Guys my,
0: are jerks. There's nobody had to recommend a guy that I know.
1: Okay, I'm going to talk about this guy right now. I'm going to describe him, and you're going to know immediately that I'm right. Okay. He is a great guy. He falls right about that age category. I think he's relatively close. He is stylish. He I know is, who
0: you're talking about.
1: He As soon as I said that. Yes. He is fun. He is somebody that comes with the Dave and Jeff stamp of approval. Yep. Right? Yep. He constantly has new material and he is always funny. I'm talking about who? Kenyatta. Absolutely. Yep. Right? Yeah. Fucking guys gold. They'd almost be a perfect
0: match. Think yeah. about it. Right? Yeah. They both have children, right? Yep. Padre fans. It's fucking they both are cool as he'd probably get. buy her a brand new hat on the first date.
6: Oh, God damn. This fucking You're gonna guy get with get this me two, emotional. He's got
0: this
1: 250
0: Padre fitted hats. It's fine.
1: He's gonna take her. He know Every time you see the guy, it looks like he just walked off a magazine cover. He sure does and he's not fucking around. No, at some he's not fucking around at some you know <laughs> Bob Smith's pizza place. No, how do you like my work
0: right there? That, that's a good one. It's about the only one. You got a second one? Leisure
1: Fryer. She'd have to pick him up. F- fuck no. He comes with kids too. Grandkids. Fuck, why, why throw a goddamn wet mop into the equation? What are you doing? What are you doing? Think about it. Can you think of one
0: other guy? No. I you know why? Because guys are assholes. We all know it. Oh, I got another
1: one. Oh, no way. I got another okay, one. I don't think you do. He also, very good guy, very likable, fun, from our fantasy football league, falls in that same age category, hardworking, loves sports stand-up guy loves animals close with his family what about my man midnight jimmy hughes i didn't know jimmy was single
0: yeah oh how about
1: that Fine. how about that
0: jimmy's great
1: jimmy's a rock star too yes okay i'm I just giving had you no idea he also like loves kenyatta there's no there's no uh, i don't need him to love kenyatta i need him to love erica I got it. My point being is that there's not going to be any backstabbing going on in the competition. I don't know about that. I think Threes it's a crowd. I think it's fair. Now, Jimmy was in the playoffs. He finished 13th, but we're not talking about that. So there you go, Erica. Two choices. Figure it out. Midnight Jimmy Hughes or Stylish Kenyatta. <laughs> you, our work, too, our work here is done, Dave. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm dying to know what she says.
0: Now that she's a Patreon subscriber, she'll know in about an hour. <laughs> hmm. Oh my gosh, that's funny! All right, hey, want to mention Brian Curry? Brian Curry doing great things in San Diego. Look, the real estate market's crazy. You need to talk to a professional. Let's get the most for your home, and at the same time, let's find out where you're going to live next. Jeff told you just the other day it's going to get a place downtown. Brian Curry's going to hold his hand through the process. I don't know Brian- if Brian be
1: that, but it'll help me do- we're not going to hold hands.
0: Oh come on, you know what I meant. I hope you guys hold hands. will break your fucking hand. They'll jam it down your fucking throat for trying How to grab his hand. I'm supposed to
1: put this goddamn key in the door, Curry. Look at my hand.
0: Good luck signing those documents. Now that your hand's broken.
1: Goddamn, my Do, hand looks like Ronnie Lott.
0: Don't try and hold his hand. Do not try and hold his hand. I, I know him. He will kill you.
1: My goddamn pinky looks like Billy Ray. <laughs> Benzo, ow.
0: Brian's a guy. Don't mess with anyone else. He's the best in the business. Let's see what happens here. I'm excited that you said you're moving downtown. You've been yep. talking for years where your location is. I'm glad you decided. 619-251-1588. 619-251-1588. I'm
1: going to be on the opposite end of that twerp Katie Temple. I don't need her coming over. <laughs> opposite <as> <laughs> I know where she is. I'm probably heading more towards. I might have to head towards Bankers Hill. I don't need her coming over. Do you have batteries, Mike? Goddamn Roku remote just ran out. Sure, that's what they're for. You goddamn... <laughs> take that back. Fucking A. You sick son of a bitch. Let's turn Brian Curry's ad Whoa. Let's always turn Brian Curry's ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Katie. I'm sorry, Brian. Okay. Fucking sponsors this show. She'll get over it. She's goddamn listening. I don't know what she's
0: listening and he to. He put him. the ball on the tee. What do you
1: want me to do? I got it, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I got to move closer. Um, Brian Curry said something to me the other day, and it made me think about a lot of you. A lot of you that have been thinking about selling your house and downsizing, and maybe you're saying, I don't know what the market's going to do. Maybe the current equity that I have is going to go higher Brian told me that right now the available inventory of houses for sale is at probably a five- or six-year low. What What that means is is that if your house, you have been thinking about it, man, it is the definition of a seller's market. Jump in right now. There is no competition. It's your house, and 10 people want to buy it. So if you're sitting there and you go, God damn, There's one thing I can't stand, and it's East County. I got to get the hell out of Poway, (laughs) and I want to move to North County, get out closer by Rancho Bernardo where it's nice, or Penasquitas. You got to call Brian Curry. It'll be the first step that you make. Sell the house you currently have. Take that equity and put it to work for you in the home you've been dreaming of.
0: Alan Taylor's the one you want to talk to when it comes to putting that pool in the backyard. The pool will be absolutely insane because Alan sees things that you don't. Alan has been doing this for a long time. we will design a pool that you've never seen before and your neighbors will be jealous of. Also, you're creating a bunch of memories. Tailored made pools. The best in the business at 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. Uh,
1: family friend. Kind of a friend of yes, my ex. So.
0: Uh, oh, I thought you are talking Alan. Uh, Alan.
1: Alan's family. Period. Not a family friend. <clears throat> a friend of my ex posted today on social media. Boy, it's about ninety degrees. it Would be great if I could be out in my pool yeah. enjoying it. But guess what? My pool's not done. Wasn't done on time. And I'm like, well, you should fucking call TaylorMade yeah, pools. It. Yeah, that's what you get when you call when you call running late pools. That's exactly what you're <laughs> gonna goddamn get. <laughs> You' gonna be like, "What is that skunk piss in there?" It's the only water I got. A bunch of skunks in here fucking in this shitty pool. What fuck are we yeah, doing? Yeah, I fucked
0: here? up the Adeline. Yeah, you're doing a great job. Keep going.
1: Yeah, you made a goddamn mistake. You went with running late pools, you fuckhead. Jesus Christ! I don't want to say anything else. Get back to me. I'm gonna say something else. It called made pools, okay?
0: Oh, my gosh. Taylor Maypool is the Good golly, to go. Miss
1: Molly. <laughs> it's a good, great Casey Kasem used to say. And you know what? We haven't done one for a while. We have not done a special. And that's why Amy's over there. Her blood pressure's been low because I haven't been doing cash-only specials. But guess what? Amy's vacation's over. First 11, 11 Dave, 11. 11 callers, cash-only tonight. Because I follow her on Instagram. Dave, I don't know if you do. Yeah. But anybody who, when you were a kid, it was kind of cool down here on local cable. You could get some LA news channels. Yeah. Got a bunch of them, depending on how long you've been here. But then they started going away. But even up until a few years ago, you still got KTLA Channel 5. And there was one difference maker on KTLA. And her name was Sharon Tay. (laughs) Goddamn Sharon Tay. Shit. The sun rises and sets. How she's not on TV in LA is blasphemy. But guess where she can be? In your backyard, courtesy of Tailor-Made Pools, first eleven people, cash only. Get the Sharon Tay special. Amy's gonna try to tell you, I said it's six, I said it's eleven. Eleven people cash only Sharon Tay tonight. My God, you'll be the talk of the HOA. <laughs> Got
0: to mention Dan Williams, who wants to help you get out of debt, also wants to help you buy your first home. You got to talk to Dan when it comes to your finances. Don't forget his Borrow Smart Two Minute Tuesday videos right there. You can check them all out. Dan is doing great things to help you out. Be smart with your money. A lot of people aren't. Unfortunately, most people aren't. Let Dan fix your life. 858-688-6813. 858-688-6813.
1: Yeah, Dan's been putting his uh, videos up online. You can get to the link at uh, daveandjeffshow.com. And today, this is pretty amazing, right, Dave? Because you feel like you should know this stuff if you're a homeowner. But this is what Dan put out today. Check out this graphic to see the difference between simple and compound interest. I know, Dave, that's something that when you're hanging out, you often will get people into a long discussion about the difference between simple and compound interest. But not everybody has the chance to hang out with you. So Dan has made it simple. He said, Dave, I'm going to take everything you taught me and I'm going to keep the ball rolling and I'm going to teach it to others. So to learn more about compound interest and how it can help you accumulate wealth, click on the link below to watch this week's calm series video. So you go, well, I don't know where the hell do I find it? Goddamn, Just follow me on Twitter. I just retweeted it. Shit. Good. Yeah. I got nothing else to do except negotiate pool deals. Sell your goddamn home. Because you can't figure it out, but now if you follow me on Twitter, I just retweeted Dan's series. Yeah. All of them are out there. They're brilliant, especially right now because nobody is really sure what's going on in the economy. Gas prices going crazy, right? Everything, cost of living's up across the board. So you got to find a way to get the most out of your money. That's why Dan's video series. Uh, is so important. Check it out at daveandjeffshow.com or check it out tonight. I retweeted it to watch Dan tell you the uh, best way to get the bang for your buck.
0: Perfect. Don't forget about Kyle Pfluger when it comes to your website. Is your website working for you? Kyle can make that happen. At the same time, if you need a website to start from brand new, guy that can build it is Kyle Pfluger. be right the first time. 619-500-6621. 619-500-6621.
1: Yeah, so important right now. Uh, just today. <sighs> I don't even want to admit this, but I'm going to admit it. Yeah. You ever have a day, Dave, where you feel like you're about 90 years old? (laughs) So yesterday, I'm out with my kids, right? And we're out running around. And uh, at the end of the night, I go to 7-Eleven because you got to grab some stuff for work, right? So remember the good old days you just go and you're like, i got to work tomorrow. I need something to hold me over. So you get a couple of 40 ounces King Cobra, some teriyaki jerky.
0: Yes, it's a normal day.
1: Right. You're like, fuck, it's Wednesday. Gotta go deal with these guys. So I'm gonna need two forties, a teriyaki, and then every now and then if I felt dangerous, I'd get a, a thing of skull bandits. Yeah. And I'd have one and then feel dizzy, have to take a nap and pass out. Well, last night I go and I'm like, you look and you go, I don't really know that any of these things. And I ended up getting like uh mixed nuts, yeah, like cashews and almonds. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Things are the best. Fuck, I hate cashews. So then today, (laughs) so I bring those to work, okay? Then today, it's like 10 o'clock in the morning, and you go, I just want to grab something. So you're going to the vending machine. Well, the vending machine's always like A&W or Dr. Pepper. Fuck, I don't want that, 10 o'clock in the morning, Right. I don't want to run around Dude, here. Like do it a, all the time. <laughs> you talking about. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to run around here like a quarter horse. I just need something to fucking hold you over because I don't go to lunch till two o'clock. Goddamn, Dave! If I didn't find a little bit of magic, now I said it to the guys on my team. I said it to Nick Keneke. I said it to Jason. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it to Midnight, but they all endorsed it. My ex, I texted her. When's the last time you had fig newtons, Dave? Fucking okay, at my grandmother's house. That's when I was what six. I said. That's what I said to these guys. They're all like, they're great. I, go, I haven't had a goddamn fig news. Jesus Newton.
0: Christ, what are you, 90? <laughs>
1: That's what I said, Dave. I go, fuck, what the fuck happened here? Not only were they so goddamn good, I ordered a box of them you for the just, office.
0: You're gonna start keeping uh, butterscotch hard candies Candy. in your purse? <laughs> fuck. And a tissue?
1: No, remember those shitty mints that were like three different colors? <laughs> yeah. They were like that. They were like white, and they looked like a pool like chalk yeah and they were always at the end table or my grandmother always yeah. had hard candy at yeah. the end all of it unwrapped yeah
0: all of it unwrapped,
1: yeah, of it unwrapped. <laughs> just in a bowl like, well, fucking how long has this been here it's yeah but you're gonna eat a couple yeah trying to get that green one <laughs> fuck is hitting it so I go today, I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. I don't give a shit. I'm telling everybody, I'm like, I, I'm 80 years old. I'm getting these goddamn raspberry Fig Newton bars because they're great. Sad. Sad. <laughs> it's terrible. Guess what? Those goddamn things were delivered to my house three hours later. <laughs> what the Three fuck is hours going on? later. Like, hey, because nobody else wants them. They're of like, of course. Fuck it, get them. Because if Fig Newton were sleeping, yeah, holy dude. fuck. Yeah, the only guys guys eating these still have a rotary landline. Yeah, no shit. They're not fucking ordering this shit. Buy three, we'll send you 12. (laughs) And I was like, fuck happened to me. (laughs) What the fuck
0: did happen to you?
1: I don't know, but they're they're already goddamn there. Point of this all being is that today, when I completely fell off any kind of cool horse that I was riding... Uh, and ordered something. Websites now are delivering same day. I fucking yep, ordered it awesome. at eleven, and it's delivered at three. So that's what you're competing against. Now I'm not saying you have to get to that level, but if your website's not close, you're doing it wrong. Call Kyle Fluger. Tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Oh my gosh, you know I'm going to bring you one tomorrow. Go ahead,
0: go ahead. Bill Fitch, you know, passed away. I think last week. Mm-hmm. Former former coach of the Clippers and Celtics and Rockets and dude, he had two lines that always made me laugh and it made me think because. I'd say you're Fig Newtons, you fucking idiot. Nature,
1: <laughs> Nature's Bakery Fig Bar. Raspberry. Real fruit and whole grains. Plant-based. Who do we have? Do we have uh, any vegan? I think Katie's a vegan. Is, Is that Katie? right? I don't know. <laughs> you just throw that out
0: there randomly? Who does yeah. that? <laughs>
6: That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I just did. I
1: think she, uh, Sharon Tate. Oh, my God. I don't know. I'm going to bring you one of these, days. Oh They're God. fucking dynamite.
0: When you talk about you ever wake up and feel like you're 90, Bill Fitch had a line. He goes, you ever wake up? And just wish your parents never met. <laughs> 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 and then he dropped that line with the with the Clippers lost seventeen in a row. And he drops, man, this team is so bad. We're the only team that can lose seventeen in a row and then go into a slump. And I was like, fucking Bill was was fantastic. We I don't even know if we mentioned it, but he was one of the most fun guys to cover. Dude, hey, how, spe- go how ahead. could I, he
1: not be covering?
0: Oh, covering the in Clippers. Yeah, Jesus, you win a championship with the Celtics, and now you gotta fucking coach the Clippers. Oh, fuck. A mutual friend of ours. He's not a public figure, so I'm not going to say his name, but he told me this story yesterday. Okay. He had to put a fence in his backyard. His fence fell down. So... Okay. That's who I think it is? Yeah, of course. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> so he had to put a retaining wall up, and then he had to put the wood fence up. Okay? Did the neighbor help? No, the neighbor didn't help. So I think, knowing him, he probably had the neighbor pay 50% of it. So... <laughs> yeah. So he's showing he me the fence and he's like, dude, look at this fence. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you did a good job. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I went two feet over the property line. Oh shit. And he, and I was like, you know what you're doing? Right. And he goes, yeah, I knew what I was doing. I go, dude, if that guy sells the homes, someone's going to figure out you went two feet over the property line. He goes, dude, I thought he would never know until he went to turn his sprinklers on and his sprinklers were on the other guy's side of the fence. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? The guy's yelling on the other side of the fence. Why are my sprinklers on your side of the <laughs> fence? Oh, How about that shit? I oh, paid 50000 for a fucking fence, and then all of a sudden, his sprinkler's on the wrong side. Holy shit. So oh, what do you do?
1: You better fix it. Oh, my God, dude. you say that again? Oh, my god!
0: Oh, that's my watch talking. Oh, that's Jesus. nice. What the hell's going on?
1: Yeah, you better get that figured out, kid. Oh, my, oh my God. I don't think he's real handy with the Dukes. <laughs> no, he's, dude, he's definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not.
0: All right, here we go. How old are they? And how much they worth? We only have All three right. of them. We're going. Uh, we're going uh, February 9th. All right. I think that's the date I went pick. Uh, okay. I don't know. Oh, some, yeah, it was February 9th. Sometimes I can't find a good date. All right, here we go. We're going with one that passed away. We're going Burt Reynolds.
1: Burt Reynolds. If you if you could pull one chick off of Burt's resume, dude, it wouldn't be Dinah Shore, which is oh. embarrassing.
0: It's uh, Sally Field.
1: Over Lonnie Anderson.
0: Oh man, it would be Lonnie Anderson. You're right. It would be Lonnie's. I think Sally Field's cute as hell, but I would go Lonnie Anderson.
1: Fuck, I might take Dinah Shore.
0: <laughs> Dude, I could never understand that Dinah Shore, Burt Reynolds thing.
1: Oh, there was something there. She she had that think look. So? Yeah, fuck yeah. She had that look to her. Uh, I'm going to say Burt today would have been 87. 86. Uh, I think Burt went through some money problems. I'm going to say $4 million. Actually, it says $60 million.
0: He did really? go through some money problems, but yeah, yeah $60 million, it says. All right. Next one, we're talking a lot of money. Jennifer Aniston.
1: Hubba hubba, um, fifty three. Exactly
0: right. I was about oh! to say is you're gonna. You, I always thought you were gonna guess low because you think of her being younger.
1: Yeah, fifty three. Let's say one hundred forty million.
0: Three hundred million dollars. Holy shit! Yeah, nice. Not bad for being bad in the sack. I
1: don't
4: know. It's just that.
0: my theory. Yeah. Yep. All right. Last one.
1: Sarah Palin. How about her hanging out with Ron Dugay? I didn't know that. Ron Dugay. No way. Is nailing Palin. Really? Fucking Ron. Good for him. Good for him is right. I think she said she could see Russia from her kitchen window. <laughs> ah, so what? We didn't take her. We're not hanging out with her for goddamn her brains. You just sit quiet over there, pretty lady. Eat your goddamn chicken nuggets. you got this thing. Hot thing. I think hot thing is... Uh, I think she's 55. 58. No kidding. Yep. Uh, She ditched that loser, Todd. Thank God. Do we know anybody named Todd? (laughs) No, I don't. No, we know Todd Strain. Oh, we do. Love Todd Strain. Now I'm embarrassed.
0: I like Todd Strain. Todd Strain's a good dude. Uh... Sorry, Todd.
1: And Todd Leonard. UT, what the fuck's the matter
0: with you? That's true. But I know Todd Strain listens to the show.
1: Todd Strain's great. Uh, I'm going to say she's $60 million.
0: She is $8 million.
1: That's it? That's it. $8 million. That was a long way up there in Alaska. Sure does. Sure could, does. How, could you drive? Uh, all right, let's go through these real quick. Yeah. Who would you rather drive from here to Bend, Oregon? <laughs> okay. Uh, Aniston's out. She obviously would have won. So tonight, our choices are Sarah Palin or Burt Reynolds? Sarah Palin. 100%. Yeah. Bert, you'd be fucking worn out did, by, right? That laugh? Yeah. Telling you <laughs> Dom DeLuise stories. Shut up.
0: Cannonball run two stories. Yeah. yeah. I don't need that shit.
1: Chewing that, acting like he's chewing gum, but he's yeah, not. Yeah, dude, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Telling you stories that we talked that guy to doing the scene in Deliverance. <laughs> Ned Beatty? <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Now, what if Bert says he's going to drive the Trans Am, you just got to fucking ride shotgun. Uh, then I'd
0: probably have to do it just to say I did it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I told you I had a college roommate who was a huge Burt Reynolds fan. It was, it was like, it was freaky. Yeah. Everything was Burt Reynolds. Like the Lakers could be playing the Celtics in game seven in the NBA finals. But if Burt was doing Smokey and the Bandit too, we're watching Smokey and the Bandit too.
1: All right. What about this? One final one. Yeah. It's either you and Sarah,
0: right? Yeah. In a nice, I like Sarah Palin. No I joke. do too.
1: In a nice Mercedes, comfortable car, or it's you, but you're in the back seat. Burt's driving And riding shotgun, it's Jerry Reed. (laughs) I'm not doing that. You're not? That might be a fun trip, Dave. Oh, my God. I'm not riding
0: Jerry Reed. That's funny as fuck.
1: (laughs) Right? Wouldn't Jerry Reed be? He'd be co-pilot before Tom Deloise. Right? Would you? uh, Here. That's funny as shit. What about the guys from North Dallas 40? Sarah Palin in the nice car, or you in the backseat with Nick Nolte and Mac Davis? I'm I'm definitely going Sarah Palin. Over Nick and Mac Davis? Dude, I'd
0: ride with BJ and the Bear before I ride with <laughs> Mac Davis and Nick <laughs> Nolte. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Really? Yes. All right, one final one. Just because you mentioned this show. Sarah Palin in the nice car, yeah. okay, or a big extended cab Ford 150. here in the back seat from the show Alice. You got Vic Tabak driving. I like Vic Tabak. I was gonna say Flo, but she'd wear you out. I'm gonna say the guy who played Reuben Kincaid. <laughs> Remember he was on yeah, that show no, too.
0: I'd go Sarah Palin.
1: Would you rather go Sarah Palin or Linda Lavin? Oh, I gotta go Sarah Palin. I'm a Linda Lavin fan. I do like Linda Lavin. Yeah, I, I might I might I, I don't know. That might that might be tough.
0: Sarah Palin's dumb as a rock, but man, there's yeah. something about her. Yeah, she's got the it fact. She does. But Lisa Ann helped that a lot too. She
1: did. God bless her.
0: <laughs> here we go. Five random questions. Get the fuck out of here. All right. How sure are you that the Major League Baseball season will start on time?
1: I'm not. I canceled my trip to Chicago. Fuck. I was going to be in Chicago in April. I canceled it. I Rob Manfred will meet with the media on Thursday. He is as dumb as it fucking gets. And, but. I did see something today that was really, really interesting, Dave, that I don't know that a lot of us are paying attention to. The smart baseball people are, so that's why you and I are not. Um, There's a whole lot of pressure on the league, maybe different than any other time they've been in one of these, because when you look at the regional sports networks, and we'll use Bally Sports West or Bally Sports San Diego, for example, these league, uh, these channels, these RSNs, the regional sports networks, are hemorrhaging money because none yeah. of them can make a deal, and so many of us have cut the cord and got rid of Comcast or Directv or anything else where it's insanely expensive to get the games. So if you have Hulu or YouTube TV or any of these others, none of them carry the the RSNs. Yeah. So they're seeing their viewership numbers drop like crazy, but the teams are not giving them any breaks at all on their rights fee. The other thing that they talked about today is you have an insane amount of partnerships with the groups that we talked about with Jim Trotter, whether it's Caesars or DraftKings or anything else. And these guys are spending a ton of money to get that MLB logo. And they're like, hey, fuck you. Get this shit done We don't want to hear that it's going to drag into June. You better get this shit done or you're going to owe us a ton of fucking money. So it's the RSNs. It's the deals that they have. It's also the rights deals that they have with TBS and ESPN and Fox that are like, hey, fuck you. Get the fuck in there. So I don't think it'll drag as long as some people do. I heard somebody say one time over Memorial Day. No. Holy shit. You can't do that. But I also say, Dave, when you got a team that's as reliant on pitching as San Diego's going to be, we said this the other day. Man, those guys need to be in camp. You need Clevenger needs six weeks. Darvish, Blake Snell, all those guys. So I don't know. I'm not overly optimistic, but I would say uh, I'll say the season starts April 15th. It's not a bad guess.
0: That's not a bad guess. That means they miss a little bit more than two weeks of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a good guess. That's but what I, I probably would have said, too.
1: But I wonder how long the deal goes. I, I have to figure they sign seven-year deal. I mean, it can't be a five-year deal, no, right? That's ridiculous. Seven or ten. I mean, there's got to be something that's going to calm the nerves of these guys to say, hey, look at us, we have labor peace. But, yeah. yeah, Manfred will fuck this up. To me.
0: He has. It's fucked up a lot of things. I, it's when do you it's, think it's amazing back? how bad he is. Same thing. I would have said exactly what you said. I, but, I said two and a half to three weeks.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: End of the season. Tom Brady told Jim Gray, never say never, when talking about a possible return to the NFL. Do you believe he's played his last game? Uh, no. I don't. Oh, okay. I'll say I do. I think he has played his last game. Isn't it funny how it took him a week of taking his kids to school to say, fuck this?
1: Yeah. Gets older <laughs> <earth>. <laughs> it does get old. It's never good. Fuck. Uh no. I think I think he watches what happens Sunday. Yep. I think he looks at Stafford and Joe Burrow and says, Good, but it's not uh they're not better than me. No. And I think he looks at it and says, Fuck man, it's it's what John Madden said in that special, right? You can't quit football and then come back two years later. Yeah. And so he performed at the highest level and he played and he was great. Um, the bigger question would be, do I see him back in Tampa, considering what they have to do, right? I mean, Godwin's coming back. And well, Gronk. I don't know if Godwin's coming no, back. No, but he's I'm a free saying, agent. yeah. Yeah, but he's got the torn ACL too, yeah. right? Yep. So.
0: You have Mike Evans. That's what you got.
1: Yeah, because Gronk's probably You're moving going to lose out, some right?
0: of those offensive linemen in free agency.
1: Yeah. Uh, do they let him walk? Do they let him walk? I think he, I'm going to go out here, Dave. I think he comes back next year and I think he's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Really? You think Trey Lance hits the bed and they got to go, Tom? I think John Lynch looks at it and says, man, i got a chance to get the GOAT. Trey, you can wait another year because there's nobody, with all respect—
0: Well, Trey's going to be quarterback next year.
1: Huh? Trey's going to be
0: the quarterback. They're going to trade Garoppolo. Trey yeah. will be the quarterback next year. So he plays one year, and then you tell Trey you're going to the bench? No. And then you bring
1: in Brady? I, I think Brady's the starting quarterback in San Francisco in September this september coming yeah. up all right so you, you got it. he has what he has one
0: year left on that deal doesn't he
1: yeah i think they work out a deal with uh, i think he goes up there That'd i think be that's something else. i think that's where he wants to play i think he plays one year with the 49ers I think he looks at that team said they were right there fuck the titans are right there titans need a quarterback
0: uh, the Vrabel things interesting right yeah the, i mean again former teammate threw him three yeah. touchdown passes
1: yeah but i i'm i'm going to take uh i'm going to take san francisco i think Brady's back in the league on opening day, and I think he's quarterback for the 49ers. That's interesting. And Aaron
0: Rodgers bought land in Nashville last week. Everybody's freaking out.
1: Yeah, So did Boach.
0: Yeah, Boach isn't playing quarterback for the Titans.
1: Not yet. <laughs> Where are you going
0: to be watching the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, had the chance. friend of mine said, hey, I'm not sure, but I've got two tickets. There's, I'm not 100% sure on my wife or my son going. So you could be in the mix. And I stopped him. I said, well, I would think one of those two would get the opportunity to go. But I said, I sure appreciate it. But I said, even if given the opportunity, I will not. I will be at my condo with Cade, his brother, and their mom. Uh, But I, I told Cade today, I said, wherever you are, I am for this game. Cool. And I said, if your brother starts getting annoying and your mom starts getting annoying, we go in the bedroom, we watch it. Because he and I are all in on the ramp, so we're gonna. I'm gonna barbecue. Uh, we're gonna do burgers. Their mom's making guacamole, and we're we're just gonna hang. And then uh, I don't know. We haven't even talked. Are we coming in here a Sunday night, or are We've we coming got back Monday? Monday's Valentine's Day. We'ren't doing Monday. Oh uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll be in Sunday night.
0: It'll we'll probably come. be a late day Sunday.
1: Yeah, it'll be a late. If you could do yeah. It. Okay. yeah, we'll do a late show Sunday night afterwards. So yeah, that'll be fun.
0: All right, here we go. If the Bengals win the Super Bowl, is Joe Burrow automatically the best quarterback in the NFL?
1: If the Bengals win, no.
0: I think the answer is yes. You Are you putting no. him
1: over Rodgers immediately?
0: You kind of have to, don't you?
1: Well, I, listen. I mean, he beat
0: Mahomes twice this year. Fuck. He beat the number one seed Titans. He beat the Rams in their home stadium, too, if that's the case. You kind of got to say he's the best quarterback in the NFL.
1: Wow. Uh, it sounds I, weird to say, doesn't it? No, I, I listen, man. I already told you. Financially, I'm very invested in Joe being good. Um, no, I'm not ready to. I'm not ready to put the crown on his head.
0: I also. What think, would Denny Green say? You want to
1: crown him? Crown him. <laughs> 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 that was a crazy press conference. Oh fuck! Remember Denny? He's a fucking good dude, huh? Yep. good fucking dude, man. I love Danny. He's so wound up. He's so mad. Punching the podium. God, he's so wound up. Um, uh, fuck. Yeah, I know. I'm not gonna give him. Not gonna give him. Uh, uh, number one. Fuck. I, it's funny. You just mentioned Denny Green. Just to circle back. When Jim was talking about all the teams that have had head coaches, yeah, I, I was only thinking about the Vikes with Leslie Frazier. Yeah, I was forgetting, Denny was the fucking man there. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, May he rest in peace. What a fucking great dude for the league, right? He was. Good San Diego dude. Yeah, he was. Del Marga. Marga. No, I'll put him in the the top five, though, Dave. I'll do that for right now. I mean, I think Mahomes is still in that mix. I think Rodgers is in that mix. I think Brady comes. Let me see. He
0: beat Mahomes twice this year.
1: All right, let's go. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't have put him in the top five until right
0: now. You know, before the playoffs, I wouldn't have said he's top five. I would yeah. have Russell Wilson ahead of him. I would I have a bunch of say, guys. It's Tom funny Brady. you mention Wilson, right? Yeah.
1: Because Wilson, for me, would have been in that mix. But, God damn, he struggled so bad after coming yeah. back. I mean, that finger was fucked up. Yeah. I would you know.
0: have Kyler Murray probably ahead of him. I would have a bunch of guys ahead of
1: him. Yeah, I would put Joe ahead of Kyler. Yeah, I and I saw Kyler in person. Awesome. Loved him. Right? Um, yeah, there's not many ahead of him. No,
0: it's, it's really pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. But I don't know that I'd put him right there, number one. But yeah, he'd be right in that mix. That's pretty crazy. Which is crazy, right, for yeah. Cincinnati? Very know? crazy.
0: They're the number one pick just a few years ago. I mean, yeah. it's it's insane. All right, last question. This is a serious question here. I okay. was trying to do these kind of make you laugh, but this is not a laughing one. Trevor Bauer, after five months, prosecutors said there was insufficient evidence to convict Trevor Bauer. Major League Baseball said he could still face discipline. What happens to Trevor Bauer?
1: Um, I think you have to move him. I mean, I just don't see how... How, how do you um,
0: move them? That contract, everything. Right. I mean, I mean, is there I th- any team that can take that PR?
1: Boy, Dave. I, I, I was texting with a friend of ours today. I have not seen. Did you see the video Bauer put out?
0: No, I just... Every video he puts out makes you sick. Even before this. He, but Trevor Bauer just has... He's the worst at reading the room. Like the, You know what yeah. I mean? We talk about people can't read a room. You I, can't read a room.
1: I said to a friend of mine, I, uh, a friend of ours, I said he's like a, a movie character. Like, he's so unlikable. Unlikable is right. Where you go, like, you almost think that's a guy playing that role, and fuck, he's so good at playing that role. Yeah. He's just such an asshole, right? Like, I was thinking about different characters, guys that you saw on Breaking Bad or Ozark or others, right? Where you go, fuck, that guy's just so despicable. Like, what an actor. Um, you, Did you watch Ted Lasso? I haven't seen it yet. Okay, so there's a scene at the the way Ted Lasso wraps up and uh, the guy who played that, you just want to beat the shit out of him, right? Yeah. And then people are like, hey, calm down. He's an actor. And then you realize, no, that's not Trevor Bauer acting. That's, that's who Trevor he Bauer. is. Just so incredibly unlikable. Uh, I mean, to me, man, I, I would kind of, right, if the league was just like, you know, man, we don't need you. I like, I like that we've... People call it a cancel culture and all this other shit, and, and I'm not saying it works across the board. But this idea that we can just go—it happened in media. There yep. were a bunch of guys in local media that had jobs forever, and then people realized that they were assholes, and then they were gone, yep. and they never came back. And a major league baseball was just like, you know what, dude? We're a pretty cool game. We're kind of fucked up. We can't get a labor together. But once we get it going and people get the chance to watch Acuna and Freddie Freeman and Tatis and Mookie Betts and a hundred other yep. guys, this game's really fucking good, and we don't need you in it. So get the fuck out of here. Go go play anywhere you want, but you're not going to play in Major League Baseball. So
0: here's kind of the argument back. Again, I'm not because I'm a, I'm a Dodger fan. That's not it. Jeff was right here as my witness when mm-hmm. the rumors right. – Trevor Bauer is going to sign with the Dodgers. What did I say? I didn't want him. Right. That was before all this went Bad down. Guy. I did not want him. Bad guy. Well, they end up signing him. They give him crazy money. He's, you know, destined to make $45 million this year coming up, which is a tremendous amount of money. The Dodgers had to pay him last year. The Dodgers would have to pay him if they said, all right, you're activated by Major League Baseball. So Major League Baseball can say, we don't want you, and face the discipline there. The deal is, if I'm the Dodgers, I go to all the other owners and go, fine you guys are going to help me pay this contract. If yeah. you guys don't want him in, you're going to help me pay. Now, I don't think the Dodgers want him back either. I mean, it's no. hard to sell, especially in L.A. You can't sell that. And you, you sit there and you say, you have two years left on this deal, and what is the process? You know, we all know that anyone who's ever lost a job, everyone deserves a right to work. You're going to have to pay the guy out. Someone's going to have to pay him out. And well, so, Dodgers
1: will, because I would well, tell you. Well, that's what I'm
0: saying. If I'm Major League Baseball, and this is my problem with pro sports, when hmm. Josh Gordon gets busted for smoking marijuana, yeah and the court system says we don't find a crime and then roger goodell throws a three-year suspension on him yeah they just let the court system do the work that's yeah. it and so if rod manford would say it's what the court system did and now they put it back on the dodgers then the dodgers do have to decide yeah you, you have to pay him because and, if i'm running the guy pittsburgh pirates i'm like i'm not paying that part of that fuck guy's them. fucking contract You
1: because that guy's that yeah. guy's gonna destroy your team yeah which, while I'm sad for you, wink, wink, at the owner's meetings, they exactly. am going to give less of a shit.
0: Exactly. Rob Manfred's going to fuck this up. Yeah. he's going. I mean, it, really, it's a bad situation all the way around, but he's going to fuck this up. Put it all back on the Dodgers. Make them pay it. They can afford it.
1: Yeah, I think Friedman, too, is probably, like, I would think Andrew Friedman's probably being asked, like, hey, we were really fucking good. And you knew who this guy yeah. was, right? And it's it's not like we got him for $16 million. I mean, no. he's, what's he, he was 40, the highest
0: paid guy. In is told, he
1: 47 this
0: year? It might be up to 47, but, it's, it, but it's still Scherzer makes the most right now. But I I remember it. when he signed that deal? It was two years. It was like 40, 45, and like 20, but, and, and uh, he wasn't ever going to play the third year. Well, now that he doesn't have anywhere to play, he is going to take their other $20 million.
1: I just think everywhere he goes, he's a distraction for for a Dodger team that's pretty loaded. So I would be like, yeah, go well,
0: ahead. They do. Technically, the Dodgers do need him. I mean, they, his ability. Yeah. But the Dodgers, at the same time, when you talk about, we just have talked to Jim Trotter, the Dodgers were that team that set the standard. Uh-huh. The Jackie yeah, Robinsons, the Chano course. Parks, the Hideo Nomos, Fernando. They were the ones that set the, the standard and all that stuff. Yeah, that, That's not the Dodger way of keeping a guy like Trevor Bauer.
1: Goddamn, the guy from Portland just gave. There wasn't even a foul on that fucking play. God damn! gave LeBron like he used to do to the... Dumb kid down the street. (laughs) Can't hit LeBron like that. No foul.
0: Yep. Damn it, son of a bitch. All right, that was it. All right. So there we go. You got a prediction for the Super Bowl?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take the Rams. Okay. I'm going to take the Rams over under, I heard it's 48. 48. Yeah, that's pretty low, right? It's funny. What do you think? It feels high. Does that feel high to you? But then when you go, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm gonna say Rams win twenty-seven seventeen.
0: Okay, I like that. I like that. I'm going Rams. Uh, I'll go. I'm gonna go 34-24. Fuck. Okay. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go higher. And the the funny thing that Trider said that scared me is when he said turnovers. And we all know teams that yeah. turn the ball over the most or make the most errors, whatever sport it is, that's the ones that usually lose. The Rams have turned the ball over a lot, man, yeah. in the playoffs. You know, a lot. And so they don't take care of the ball well. But he also said scoring touchdowns and not field goals. And that's what the Bengals do a lot of. The Who's Bengals, your
1: MVP? It's, it's, uh,
0: we're, we're going um, we're one of the quarterbacks. So uh, we're, 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 we're going Stafford.
1: I'll take Cooper Cup.
0: Really? That'd be cool. That'd yeah. be cool. I'm going
6: Stafford,
1: though. I'm, I, I'm, I just think, I mean, if Cincinnati wins, it wouldn't shock me if Chase yeah. gets it. Yeah. Right. Or, God, he's good. Fuck. Man, that goddamn old cripple, Weddle. <laughs> you goddamn old fossil. 60 minutes left in that body, Weddle. Come on. Come on. Uh, Yeah, super excited. When's the last time you were this hyped up for a Super Bowl?
0: Dude, I can't remember. Even when the Rams weren't in a few years ago, it wasn't like this. Not even close. Um, yeah. Probably Half- the Raiders, Buccaneers. Yeah. And what it was feel- horrible.
1: What do you feel about uh halftime show going to be good?
0: It's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be the best ever.
1: That oh fuck, Prince in the Rain was pretty nah, dynamite. Dude,
0: no way. I'm telling you, this one's gonna be insane.
1: I think, that's I think the gonna crowd's be great. gonna lose
0: their fucking. I mind. will
1: say this, and then we'll leave you. I by the would. way, the
0: beat by by uh, Dr. Dre that's still Dre beat never gets old.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh I was laughing with friends about yeah. Super Bowls that I was lucky enough to go to. Went to three. Yeah. I was in Atlanta when the Rams won, beat the Titans. That was fucking awful. It was Phil yeah. Collins. Enrique Iglesias and Christina Aguilera. Rams are wearing white
0: jerseys. That's a big thing with you. Yes. So it's 14 of the last 17 times the team wearing white has won.
1: Yeah. And there was a time when it had, was like 11 to 12. Yeah. So it, the, yeah. the gap's gotten a little bigger, but I like that. In Tampa, we saw Aerosmith, Britney Spears, and like In Sync. Not great, yeah. but Aerosmith was cool. But I went back and watched today. First Super Bowl that I ever went to. Super Bowl Thirty in Arizona. Sun Devil Stadium, which is crazy to think that they ever had one out there. Cowboys, Steelers. Troy Aikman wins it, right? Larry Brown, great Al Davis signing. But it was Diana Ross. And Diana Ross at halftime was so fucking cool. And then they flew her out of there in a helicopter. And she just sits on the end of this helicopter put the belt on and she's just sitting with the door open waving as the helicopter flies like, out.
0: Like she's leaving the set of Match.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, me, and peter the only three and Stevie Verissimo. Stevie Verissimo get that. But fuck He probably him. banged her. Steve probably banged her. He fucking did. You slick son of a bitch. <laughs> that goddamn Craig better give you credit. Pointer Dave won't but I do. Did you know who I
0: saw at halftime of the fucking Buccaneers Raiders Super Bowl? Who's that? Shania Twain.
1: God, that had what the fuck? Fucking boring. <laughs> uh, Beyonce opened though
0: before the game.
1: Yeah, congratulations to Kenyatta, yeah, Erica, and Jimmy Hughes. Yeah. I hope that all sorts out. Are we gonna go see Jackass on Tuesday? Oh yeah, let's figure that
0: okay. out. We'll talk about Matt that. Matt Evans Sunday. reached out to me today and says, "I'm in." Can't go Monday, else we'll be drunk from Sunday. He told me. All right, but we're
1: talking about Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. If anybody wants to go see uh, Jackass the movie. Send us a DM. We're going to figure out where that is. We're not going to have to come all the way fucking down here. Can you get to Mission? Well, fuck it. Yeah, I can get anywhere. I'm not going North County, but I can go Mission Valley. Oh, okay. I only come down here 19 times a fucking week. But yeah, we'll (laughs) go to Mission Valley or La Jolla or somewhere, right? Meet somewhere. Fine. All right, we'll figure it out. If you want to go see Jackass, the movie with us on Tuesday, let us know. We'll set it up. All right. See you.